Welcome growth seekers and freedom fighters to the Grow To Be Free podcast. I'm your host, Kiani Williams, and it is my goal to help you reach your fullest potential through listening to the stories of real women who have broken through a new level of life. And so listen in and take notes because you're going to learn so many practical and tangible tips to help you grow to your fullest potential in business and in life. So let's get to it. All right, everyone, welcome to the Grow to Be Free podcast. I'm so excited today to introduce to you Miss Elise Dillard. She's an award-winning entrepreneur, author, and speaker. She's the founder of the Student Navigator and host of the Break the Odds podcast. And so today we are talking a little bit about financial freedom, and I'm excited for her to share her story about how she was able to graduate from college debt-free and how she started her company debt-free and all the amazing knowledge that she has just around finances and helping young people. So Elise, to you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And, you know, just my story on how I graduated debt-free, you know, for me, I played sports my whole life, um, specifically basketball. And so when I was in high school, I had full intentions of continuing to play basketball in college and have a sports scholarship. And that would just be my way of going to college and funding it. But when I was in my senior year, um, I began to really reflect on like, okay, like, what do I actually want to do in college? What I want to pursue as a career? And so after doing like some deep reflection, I realized that, you know, I had a love for science, which I've had since I was a little girl. And so I realized that like playing a sport in college was not the best thing for me as a student in terms of me succeeding academically. And so I decided, you know, last minute senior year that I was not going to play college basketball. So I told my parents all of that after they invested a lot of time and, and all that doing travel ball, AAU, I don't know if you're familiar with that and, um, you know, games and all of that and telling my parents that. And so I really just had the desire, like, okay, like I'm going to college going to be up to me. I got to figure out how am I going to pay for college between now and when my first college bill was due. And so I just took action, trial and error, <laughs> didn't really know exactly what I was doing, but just took action the best that I could. And sure enough, before, um, by the time my freshman year came, I had enough to fund my first semester debt-free. Then I funded my second semester debt-free and then took action and funded my sophomore year debt-free. And then just by this time, I found a groove and just duplicated what was working and then funded my third and fourth year debt-free and Across the stage without ever having to take out a loan along the way. So that's my story in terms of funding college debt free. And so what inspired me to start my company, The Student Navigator, was, you know, when I was in high school and, and going through this process, I didn't really have like a go-to resource to go to, to teach me how to fund college debt-free. Like, I'm sure you can relate. Like we as students, we know like there's scholarships out there. We know we should be filling them out. For some people, parents might be telling them to do it and it feels like a chore, you know, but we don't necessarily know exactly how to go about it necessarily. And so um, that was what I needed and that wasn't there. And then sure enough, when I graduated, I had given a speech on my campus about how I was about to graduate debt-free and the response I got from students coming up to me afterwards and asking me questions, it made me realize like, okay, there's a lot of students that are still missing that go-to resource. And I wanted to be you know, I wanted to change that. So that's what inspired me to start the Student Navigator. So fast forward today, you know, we um, we teach students how to fund college debt-free step-by-step. Um, and we also are an award-winning company and we've been able to help students fund all of their college education debt-free and some, so, and everywhere in between. So that's the history and my story behind that. <laughs> 
Wow, so powerful. That is incredible. And the fact that you even had enough, I guess, chutzpah or, you know, guts to, to tell your parents, like, you know, I'm not going to go to school as an athlete. Like, oh, man, I, I know for me that that would be a huge step for me. So that that's just a real testament to who you are as a person. So I'm not surprised that you were able to do as much as you did during college. So tell us a little bit about um, how how did you start to figure out those little ways of how you can start funding your own college experience? So for me, I think just like many students, you know that there's funding out there, but you don't necessarily know how to go about it. So for me, you know, I'm grateful that I have parents who, even before I decided not to play college basketball, they were just like, okay, you know, apply for a scholarship, you know, do this, do that. And also, you know, I had, you know, a school counselor who she gave me a list of different scholarships. And so I was grateful to, you know, have known about some of those programs. And so I just I just applied the best I could. And some of them I didn't get accepted into. I didn't win. But then the ones that I did, you know, I kind of reassessed and figured out like, okay, what did I do that worked? And then I just kind of duplicated that. Like, for example, when it came to my essays, like at first, you know, I felt like I needed to be not like, uh, I, I feel like I needed to, I was more uptight when it came to expressing myself through essays. I didn't necessarily open up. And so I remember when I finally, you know, decided on one of my essays, like, you know, what, I'm just going to fully let go and just be honest and transparent in this, in this essay without trying to be all proper and everything. And when I was fully myself in my essay, I got the program, I won the scholarship. And one of the um, the president of that organization at the award ceremony had told me that it was my essay that really played a large factor in how I received that funding. So it's just little things like that. I'm like, okay, you know, now I just need to fully be myself in my essays. And I, you know, applied that moving forward. So it's just little things that I did here and there that I, after winning, I just took what worked winning and just applied that to the next programs that I applied for. So that's awesome. That is really cool. So, so do you help people with writing essays at all? Um, so yeah, we, I mean, naturally when I was, you know, in school, I would proofread and review my friend's essays. And that is something that, you know, at the Student Navigator, we do have available for students um, within our program that we do proofread and review them just to make sure, you know, it's organized and there's no grammatical errors or, you know, things like that. Make sure they have a strong hook, all those things that are important, you know, in an essay. So, and we help them in other areas too, as well. Um, regarding, you know, the whole funding college debt-free journey. So essays are just a fraction of it, but yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, I, I just relate to it a lot because I was also that person in college and high school where people asked me to review their essays. And I've had the pleasure of reviewing some people's essays who got into um, Harvard Medical School and nice. you know, some <laughs> other really, really incredible schools out there. I've reviewed their essays. And so I, I like to think, you know, I had a hand in that in some way. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, well, cool. All right. So, so tell me a little bit about your background and your relationship with money, because I know money can be a touchy subject for some people. And, you know, people grow up with different limiting beliefs or different misconceptions. So tell me about how you grew up with your relationship with money and how has that changed over the years? Yeah, so for me, when it came to money, I'm grateful that I had, well, I still do have parents that are, they, at a young age, they taught my sister and I, you know, key money concepts. Like, for example, when I was younger, my parents would um, 
uh, like any money that my sister and I would have, whether it's like birthday money or what have you, grandparents, you know, whatever money we got, you know, they encouraged us to save it. They we would put it like in a shoebox. You know, they would also encourage us to like put some away to give. So I remember like when I was really little, Hurricane Katrina happened. And so my sister and I had, you know, gotten like, you know, the little money that we had and we you know, put that in a shoebox to donate to help people, you know, who were affected by Hurricane Katrina. So I'm grateful at a young age, my parents, you know, um, opened my sister and I's eyes up to money and how just basic fundamental concepts as a kid on saving. When we were at the grocery store, you know, um, they would have us like my sister and I, we would have like a notepad and we would, whenever like they would grab a item off the shelf at the grocery store, we would write down the price and, and we would, you know, by the end and, and they made it like a game out of it. My sister and I would see like who did the math, the closest, correct, you know, and all of that, you know, closest to tax and all that. But it taught us, you know, that, you know, to have things in life, it costs money. And in order for you to have that money, you need to work hard to earn that money just doesn't happen. You know, the things that we have, whether that's food or a roof over our heads or what have you, that costs money and you have to work hard for that. So those basic fundamental um, things that my parents did, it, it helped me to um, have that foundation of understanding how to earn money and also understanding concepts of like baby steps on how to save money. And so, you know, growing up, you know, I like when I got to high school, you know, usually you're able to start driving or be more independent, whether that's going to the mall by yourself with your friends or what have you. And so I reached a point where, you know, I didn't ask my parents, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, youth, for example, they'll like say, Hey, mom and dad, can I have like $20 to go hang out with my friends this weekend? And for me, you know, um, I saved my money. So I didn't, I didn't, I understand to me, it was important not to ask for money. So for me, you know, I saved my money. So when I wanted to hang out with my friends, like I would say like, oh, okay, you know, um, this is all the money I have, you know, um, if I want to hang out with my friends, that's going to be, you know, $6 for a movie ticket. And if I want food, so I would like pack my wallet and took, took money from my piggy bank, so to speak. And so for me, when it came to money, I was huge on saving. Um, I was overall pretty independent in the sense that I didn't want to ask my parents for money or any, you know, anyone, whomever. And so I think that applied to when it came to my journey of funding college debt free, where it was like, you know, when I told my parents like, Hey mom and dad, I'm not playing college basketball. So any chance of a sports scholarship is now gone. I'm gonna have to tell these coaches, you know, no, <laughs> um, I had that mindset that, you know, paying for college was going to be up to me. And I think but I think that attributes to my parents at a young age, teaching me the concept of saving and, and money and all of that. So that's just how I viewed it. But now, like as an adult, um, you know, I think one thing that I'm now what shifted from when I was younger was, yes, my parents taught me about giving, you know, in the sense of like when Hurricane Katrina happened, we put money in our, you know, shoebox to donate. But I think growing up, I was so focused on the saving part because I always had like a financial goal to reach. But I think now I'm more focused on the giving side because that's a huge part of money too, is giving back, you know? Yeah. And so in terms to answer your question on how that's evolved over the years, I think now as an adult, I'm more focused on also the giving side of money as well in addition to you know the savings so nice yeah quick follow-up on that what are what are some of your giving goals you know talk about giving goals you know for me I have some charities that are near and dear to me and so my goal would be to be able to give more <laughs> to those charities or different causes or you know if I see people who are in need I want to be able to help them out you know in that way so I would just say like my giving goal is just being able to give more <laughs> and 
you know, like there's some people, like I admire people who, um, you know, they'll say like, for example, like um, I can pay for like someone's electric bill for like a whole year or something like that, you know, being able to help someone or if someone has car problems, be able to say, you know what, like I'll pay for a new transmission. So your car, you know, just things like that. That's like goals to me, you know, hearing people who are able to give in that way. Um, so, you know, that's in terms of goals, that's definitely a goal of mine, you know, at some point in my life to reach that point, to be able to do that and help people. And also just to give back, whether it's, you know, paying for a student to attend college, like giving them a full ride, you know, being able to just write a check and say, hey, student, you know, your education is covered on me. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you this scholarship to go to school debt free, you know, things like that. So that's on a big scale, but that's definitely a goal of mine. Yes, I love that. Oh my gosh. I have kind of like a similar dream as well, where I just want to be able to just be like, I got you. Like, I want to be able to, my, my family didn't grow up. Like I didn't grow up with a lot of money either. And so my grandparents and, and my mom are, are still kind of struggling. Um, so I just want to be able to give them like a really, a really amazing, you know, last, last portion, you know, this is like the final quarter of their lives or, you know, final, final half. Like I want to be able to just, um, you know, take them on those trips and just be like, I got you. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about those bills. Um, just live worry-free because you deserve it. You know, I mentioned to you how, how my parents have done a lot for me and, you know, paid for school, um, for a lot of my school. And so I, I really want to be able to pay them back in that way. And so that's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. I'm glad that you brought up giving because that is a huge part of money and people don't really think about it that the more money that you do have the more people that you can help and the more people that you can impact yeah and the thing that I've learned when it comes to money that as an adult is that at least you know earning the people who have a lot of money it's often because they helped people get that money so you know I think that's just a beautiful thing in terms of the cycle of money. It's like you, you give back to like you having, whether it's like you're a business owner or whatever skill or trade that you have, you know, you're able oftentimes because we have that skill or trade, we're able to give back to the world and that, and then in turn, you know, you're getting paid for helping others. So I just think it's just a beautiful relationship, especially in business where it's like, you know, I'm able to help you with my services and help you reach the next level. And then naturally, you know, they pay you for those services, but you know, you can't reach, you can't success in life is through helping other people. I don't know if I'm making, making sense, but that's just one thing that I've learned is that, you know, at least studying, like you say, personal growth and development, like this podcast is about just studying different successful people. I learned that like, you know, they got to where they got because they helped people. And, and I read a book, um, it's called The Go-Giver. I don't yeah. know if you've heard of that book. Yeah, but like one of the, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have like both books, Go-Givers and Go-Givers Sell More, I think it is. But uh-huh, one yeah. of the, the uh, tips or principles that they have in there is that like the proportionate of m- the amount of income that you have is proportionate to the amount of people that you help. Some, I think it's a law of compensation, I think is what it says in there. And so that really, you know, opened my eyes. And, and that's why they explained like, you know, if, if you, for example, are not making that much money, look at how many people you're helping and what you do. So for example, you know, um, if you're only helping, you know, like, 30 or 40 people versus taking your gifts and talents to a level where you could help 300 or 400 people, the amount of money that you have is proportionate to the amount of people that you help. So it was something like that. I'm totally paraphrasing, but I know you've read the book, so you can kind of chime in on that. But yeah, 
you know, giving and business and in life, it's just a beautiful cycle. All with giving in the center of it. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you brought up the go-giver because that, that specific chapter is so key. And I feel like it, it is one of the biggest misconceptions that people might think, you know, when you think about money and, you know, success, a lot of people, especially if you don't come from a wealthy background might think like, wow, like if you're pursuing money or if you're pursuing success, that means you're selfish or right. that means that you're, um, you don't care about other people or you just, you're greedy or something along those lines. And so I'm sure you've come around, come across those kind of people in your life, right? <laughs> Yeah, like before I, I started my business, this is like back in college, I um I was telling some of my friends like, hey, you know, I think I might want to start a business. Like I took like a business class or what have you. And I remember one of my friends, he was like, um, no, business is for people who are greedy and they don't want to help people. Like, don't like he was told he had that mindset when it came to business that it was greed focused, you know. Um, but you know, for me, just growing up, I've been exposed to business owners who gave back, you know, like for example, my grandfather, he um was one of the first African American um pharmacists in Detroit. And just seeing him, you know, own his pharmacy and employ youth and young people in the community and and using, you know, his his business to give back to the community and just being exposed to, you know, other business owners, how they've used their platform of business to give back, you know, and to help people. So I'm grateful that I've been exposed to business owners who have that heart and that mindset that, you know, um, uh, like the one, the biggest piece of advice I received was like, be focused on serving others and then the money will come. And I think that's, you know, but I have to answer your question. Yeah, I've been across people who think business is just greed. And unfortunately, there's some bad apples out there. But for the most part, you know, it's just about helping others and solving a problem that you want to solve with your business and your idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what I was going to, that I asked that question because I was ever, I was curious if you ever help people with that mindset in the work that you do with the student navigator. Uh, what do you mean in terms of like, giving like giving back or business or what do you like helping them understand um like the misconceptions of money you know like your friend he 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 had an understanding of business as being very greedy and stuff but obviously if he was in school he probably needed money to get through school right so (laughs) potentially he could have been like the person that you could be helping with your business so I'm curious if you ever try to help people through those mindsets and, and what you might tell that person who is stuck in that mindset you know, I haven't necessarily come across, you know, in terms of on a student level, students who think that, or at least who've expressed, at least to me, that they think business is all about, or just having money is from a place of greed. But, at, you know, at the Student Navigator, we're all about giving back and helping others and encouraging our students to pursue their passions and how can they make a positive difference in the world. So that's just something we we instill at the very beginning when working with our students and within our program. So, um, so from that end, I haven't necessarily encountered a student that specifically expressed that, but, um, but one thing that we do like at the, when students enter our program is we have them like identify their why, like, why are they on this journey? And by doing that, having them write down their goals and dreams and, and what they want to do after they graduate debt-free and how would graduating debt-free help them towards achieving those goals and dreams. And so it does get them dreaming about, and like, hundred percent of the time. I mean, I don't think I've encountered any student that hasn't listed something about giving back to other people and why they want to go to college and earn their degree and do their career path to give back doing X, Y, and Z. And so 
Um, so that's, and to answer your question at the Student Navigator, we kind of at the beginning stages, at the very beginning working with students, we instill that mindset from the beginning that, you know, one, identifying your dreams and your passions, but tying that into how you can give back doing that, you know, and serving the, serving others. And especially the concept of funding college debt-free, you know, we explain that like, hey, you know, for example, like, I think, uh, let's just say student loan payments were like 300 a month, like just pretending there's no interest involved in your payments. You know, the, the data says on average, it takes you about 20 years to 20 years for students on average to pay off their student loans. That's like the average is what data says. And so if let's just say if you were a student that paid $300 a month for 20 years, that's $3,600 a year you're paying over 20 years, that's $72,000. So we explain to students like, you know, what could you do with $72,000? Like by funding your education debt-free, imagine if you use that same $300 a month towards giving back to your community or, you know, you're helping your family or whatever your dream is. And so that's the way that we do in terms of instilling that mindset with students is tying in like, you know, what we're teaching about you know, when it comes to scholarships or other ways to fund your education debt freeze beyond just filling out applications, it's positioning you to be able to give back and help others and whatever your dream is down the line and, and not having to have those student loan payments, you know, so you can invest in doing those things. So. That's so good. That is so good. And uh, I think you hit the nail on the head of, you know, why is it important to be debt free? It's exactly that where, you know, what could you do with that extra $300 a month? Most people could do a lot with that. So I'm glad that you talked about it. And, you know, it's cool that you actually started your business to debt free. So, I mean, a lot, it's, it's easy for business owners to fall into uh, a debt kind of situation because businesses are, are much more expensive typically um, than school is. So um, what, what kind of advice would you give them um, as they're starting their businesses and how did you do that for yourself? Yeah, you know, for me, um, it, when it comes to debt, I, I didn't want debt when it came to college. And so I applied that when it came to business. And so for me, you know, um, of course, I encourage people to have a business plan and that will help you, you know, identify how much capital is necessary, how you plan to have that capital or fund, you know, your business idea. But for me, like the Student Navigator is an online education company because we serve students, you know, across the country. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you are being online. It just allows us to be able to serve more families. Um, so in that case, you know, it does cut costs compared to having like a brick and mortar, for example, and all of that. But for me, you know, I, I saved my money and I figured out how much it was going to cost. And I worked part-time, part-time jobs. Like I'm very transparent when it comes to my, my entrepreneurship journey, where there were seasons where I was working like two jobs, you know, and I was, I mean, I just didn't want to have the debt. So I would work, you know, to earn the money to, on top of saving, um, you know, to earn the amount to, to start the student navigator and to get it up and running and all of that. So that's in, in turn how I initially started. And, you know, for me, I watched Shark Tank and I remember there was this one um, guy who was on there and he had all this money, like millions of dollars that he was like able to, not millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest in his company. And so I remember when the sharks asked him like, how much have you invested in your company so far? And he was like a hundred thousand dollars or what have you. And, and, the, and one thing that one the shark said that resonated with me was he was like, sometimes um, having a lot of money can be a disadvantage to you because sometimes it can block your innovation. Sometimes you'll just do like what's 
easy with because you have the money to just pay it and, and sometimes not having the money can cause you to be more innovative like okay how can I how can I be creative on how to do this or do that without the money that I have so for me like I definitely got very creative like for example when it came to marketing like I was using a lot of free apps you know free design apps using Canva or you know different things that are free out there um you know different um platforms like yes it would be nice to have you know um you know a premium scheduler to schedule appointments but there's free ones out there too and at the end of the day you're still able to schedule that appointment with somebody you know I might not be able to have my logo on there or might have the company's name at the bottom, you know, but it still gets the job done. And so for me, that helped me initially, you know, um, it definitely humble beginnings for sure. But, um, but there's a lot of free resources out there and free tools out there. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize that, you know, when it comes to even just websites, you know, um, you know, there's affordable ways to have a premium looking website without having to pay thousands of dollars. So for me, I just got really creative in seeking out those different resources of, you know, ways that I can still have great, you know, marketing and great design and great website and great, you know, appointment schedules or what have you, um, but being able to do it on a budget, so. Wow, that's good points for sure. I like the example that you gave with Shark Tank because I think I do remember that episode for sure when they were like, you know, you gotta, you gotta be innovative. And sometimes when you have all the resources, you, you're not as innovative as you were. So good point. So um, how do you stay up to date with your own financial education now? Um, for me, I definitely, you know, study different people who are where I want to be, whether that's people who I personally know or just like public figures who, you know, are, you know, for example, like one of my goals is to give, you know, so just looking and being inspired by other people who are able to give back and, and just, you know, studying different people and how they were able to get to that point. And so that's just one thing that I'm doing for sure is to keep my financial education is, you know, there's a lot of like Clubhouse, for example, is a great platform. There's so many different talks and discussions about different experts who are talking on, on different topics that, you know, anyone listening that they could, you know, listen into and, and learn more about. So for me, it's just a combination of, you know, um, basically seeking out different people who are where I want to be and, and watching them and asking them, you know, how they, how they're able to do what they're able to do in that particular area financially. So. Nice, nice. Yes. I, I think a lot of the times with any sort of financial education, or you alluded to earlier when um, people are going into college, is that we have all the resources around. It's just we need to like take action and actually start like doing it because we can have all the information in the world. But if you don't actually apply to that scholarship, if you don't actually apply that knowledge that you get from those um, financial gurus, you're not going to ever do anything different so so mm -hmm. how, how do you encourage people to take action in that space um for financial or just like college funding or uh, either or yeah um, in terms of encouraging people to take action, you know, just in general, like I, I do a lot of speaking engagements where I'm able to talk to families and, and people and just encourage them to take action and first is letting them know it's possible. I think that's one of the biggest things when it comes to finances in general, whether you're in college or not, is that oftentimes, you know, it's easy for us to think that it's not possible, you know, based on maybe our current situation, like, oh, you know, it's not possible for me to be able to achieve X, Y, and Z because I came from this 
background or income household or whatever your situation is. And, and even with students like and families, like that's why I'm so passionate about doing public speaking is because I'm able to, you know, let families know that like funding college debt free is possible. And I think once you have that belief that like it is possible, I think that can help unlock you to begin to start taking action. And so, um, so that's what that's what I do is just really just encouraging families to take action, but also provide them with the steps to be able to do that. And um, and yeah, and that's why the student navigator was created was to teach students how to take action. So very good. Love it. <laughs> okay. So uh, what would you say? I'm going to kind of mix these two questions together Okay. <laughs> for, for a person who, because it sounds like you've come from a background where your parents were really good about money. And so they taught you good money saving habits. What about for somebody who wasn't ever in that situation. Maybe they come from a history of financial irresponsibility. Um, what are your top tips for, for those people to start making changes and start growing in that area? Yeah, you know, I would, I would tell them that, you know, it's okay. You know, today's the first day of the rest of your life. You know, you can't control the, the mindset of the family that you were born into and, and that's okay, you know, but now you can take action moving forward. And so I would just encourage them, you know, to one, begin to start setting goals, identifying what your financial goal is, your, your first one, and identify other goals that you want to have too. But I encourage them to, you know, often say you can't run a race unless you know what the finish line is. And so I encourage, you know, people who are listening, you know, identify what your dreams and your goals are. You know, one thing that I do, and I talk about this on my podcast is like having a vision board. I don't know if you have a vision board, but basically like a vision board is just a virtual layout of your goals and dreams. And, oh, go ahead. Were you about oh, to say it's right here. Oh, you, oh, okay. Also, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one somewhere else, but. Well, awesome. Yeah. And so I think having a vision board is a great first step to getting you, getting you to dream big on like where you want, where, where do you see your life and in, in financially, whether that is, you know, owning a home or whether that's starting a business or whether that's retiring your parents, whether that's graduating debt-free, whatever your goals are, um, that can be a great way to help you visualize it because when you see it and you visualize it and you write it down that helps build that belief and it also serves as a way that like when times get tough it helps you stay motivated and inspired while you're on your journey to you know achieving that financial goal you know maybe your goal is to pay off your credit card debt for example or pay off your student loan debt you know seeing that vision board can help you stay encouraged and motivated because depending on how long it will take you to pay that for example or you know or maybe you're working multiple jobs and you're, you know, you might be feeling discouraged. Like you feel like you're still living paycheck to paycheck or you're still not, it's going to be a while before you can take that family vacation or whatever it is. Having that vision board will help you, you know, stay motivated and inspired on your journey. But I would just say, regardless of what your, your background is in terms of the household you grew up in or the mindset that they have, you, that doesn't mean, that doesn't disqualify you from being able to have financial success. And so, um, so yeah, again, just take those, those those, you know, set goals. And also don't be afraid to, to sacrifice for a season, you know, oftentimes at the end of the day, you know, like having a budget, I think is really important. I think oftentimes a lot of people are scared when it comes to budgets, like that word is just like, oh, you just want to run away the other direction mm -hmm. because it's often, you know, perceived that you can't have fun or you can't live a fun life if you're on a budget. But the beautiful thing is that on a budget it actually can serve as a tool towards helping you get to where you want to go and, um, and, and be able to achieve those financial goals that you have. And it can just serve as a tool and it's just for a season, 
you know, I heard a quote that said like, um, to get to to get to be able to do what you want to do, you got to do what you don't want to do. And so, yeah, to get to be able to place where you to be where you're able to do X, Y and Z financially, you got to do what you don't want to do, like having a budget or saving. So, yes, you may have to cut, you know, going out to eat, you know, every weekend so that you can save for X, Y and Z. Or, yeah, you might have to, you know, not be able to hang out with your friends, you know every every weekend, you know, or doing X, Y, and Z so that you can save and fund your education debt-free or what have you, whatever it is, um, it can, you know, just don't be afraid to sacrifice for a season because it's just for a season. It will pay off if you stay disciplined. So I would just say those are just some beginner action steps is having a vision board, writing out your goals, not being afraid to, you know, to sacrifice for a season and also surrounding yourself with people who will, who are like-minded and will cheer you on towards achieving that financial goal. So, you know, if you have a goal of wanting to, let's say you're trying to save to buy a home or something, you know, you want to surround yourself with people who are going to cheer you on. So when you aren't able to go out to eat every weekend, you know, they're cheering you on and holding you accountable to whatever your goals are. So I think that is also like, you know, just surrounding yourself with people who will steer you towards your goal and not away from it and, um, and who will hold you accountable along the way. Those would be my tips. <laughs> Amen. Oh my gosh, those are so good. <laughs> those are so good. And I just thought of something. I mean, they all go hand in hand too, because when you have that vision board up, you remember, okay, this is why I'm sacrificing <laughs> this eating out is because of this thing right here. And I, I still use cash envelopes, um, but I was like very diligent about it when I was really trying to get a hold of, you know, my spending habits. And so cash envelopes, for those of you who don't know, are, is a system that you can use in order to make sure that you stay on budget. So you actually pay for your stuff like groceries, gas with the cash. And so you can have a visual representation of, um, how much money you have left for that month in that particular category and you could even put your vision on the envelope is what I just thought of right now like that <laughs> yeah, so when you look at it and you might feel sad like oh I only got ten dollars look on the back of it and it's like your your dream car your dream vacation be like okay that's why I'm doing it so mm -hmm. something that I thought of it right now I love that that's a good idea <laughs> Yeah, just combine them all together. Combine all the tips that Elise said. <laughs> yeah, so that's awesome. Well, I, I, I think that pretty much wraps up all of the questions that I have for you. Is there anything that you would like to share top of mind for the listeners? Um, I would just like to share that, you know, um, where, whatever your goals are, whether it's the fund education debt free, whatever it is, you know, financially, just know that you got this, you know, you, you have it within you just continue to surround yourself with people who will, who are where you want to be and will get you to where you want to go. And, um, and, and you'll be set, but I just think, you know, I just, I just want to encourage people just to start, you know, it's oftentimes scary to take that first step towards that goal, especially if you don't really know what to do or how to do that. But, you know, I just, I just encourage you to start and you've got this and, and you can do it and it'll pay off, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay it either way, either pay off, you know, the debt or whatever you want to do, or either pay for the saving, but either way, like you're going to have to pay either way. So, you know, the choice is yours on what end you want to do it, but I just encourage you just to, you've got this and, and you can do it. So, you know. Good. Oh my gosh. I love that. That was a great closing remark. So where can the listeners find you if they want to reach out to you? Where would you send them? 
Um, yes. So at the Student Navigator, um, we are on Facebook and Instagram um, and LinkedIn at the Student Navigator. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> LinkedIn at I am Elise Dillard, as well as um, I'm on Clubhouse. So if anybody's on Clubhouse, I'm on there. I do different speaking events. Um, we actually have a club called the Student Navigator. So for anybody who's looking to you know, um, have, you know, whether it's financial literacy or what have you, they can connect on there. We also do financial literacy workshops. This month is actually financial literacy month. And so we actually have um, some um, events planned um, towards financial literacy, and this won't be the last. So this is just a great, you know, resource for parents and students as well to learn from different, um, on different topics regarding financial literacy. So, so yeah, and our website is the studentnavigator.com. So Amazing. Awesome. Cool. So I am a person of faith. So if you would allow me, I would love to pray for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes. All right. Cool. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day, Lord God. Thank you for bringing Elise into my life. She is an incredible light and her mission and um, vision are so key to what we're going through in this day and age. I am so thankful that you have placed this desire in her heart to, to help people with their finances and to help them get the financial education that they need. And um, I, I, I thank you that her story is so impactful that it's going to help thousands of people out there, hundreds of thousands of people. And I pray that you will continue to bless her with a wealth and abundance of, of life and love and relationships. And I pray that her finances just continue to soar, Lord God. And, and I pray that you will um, provide her with the right people and the right opportunities that will help her to grow and change and, and be who it is that you called her to be, Lord God. And I pray that you will keep all of her family safe and, and um, all of her friends that that they will see what she's doing and just want to get on board and help her out in any way that they can and I pray this in Jesus name amen amen thank you I love that I'm a woman of faith too and so I love that I love how you incorporate that that's awesome yeah yeah it doesn't matter who it is I just want to pray for people and and, you know, bless them in some way, shape or form, because I'm so grateful that you come on to my podcast and share your knowledge and share your wisdom and your, your lovely personality. You've just been such a joy to talk to. Oh, thank you. Likewise, I've enjoyed it. And we've got to arrange to get you on the podcast too, especially so you can talk about your journey of funding college debt free. And I know you said you've won some scholarships and, and, you know, so sharing your tips with our audience would be awesome. So I would be happy to. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a friend you feel like needs to hear it because everyone deserves to experience growth and freedom. And as for you, I would love to get to know you and hear your feedback on the podcast. So I invite you to reach out to me on Instagram at growing to be Kiani or on the grow to be free podcast Facebook page. And if you're looking for community and connection, join the grow to be free club on Clubhouse. Until next time, see you soon.